0: Welcome back to season two of the On My Heart podcast. My name is Scarlett and I am so excited to be back this season to hear the good news about the amazing redemption, lessons, and grace that the Lord has done in his people's lives. My hope is that by hearing these testimonies, your heart is encouraged and ultimately pointed to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Welcome back everyone. Today I have Mr. Steve Smith to join me on the podcast. I am so excited to hear from him and his experiences and just the faithfulness of God in his life. Um, For those of you who don't know him, he is Caitlin's grandfather and Caitlin has been helping me on the podcast the last few months with season two and I've just been so um, benefited by her and her family for not just this um, past couple months but for years and years as long as we've been friends. um, I've had We used to go and have a lot of uh, sleepover parties and pool parties at his house. It was always a fun house, and I just have a lot of sweet memories with Taylor and Caitlin there, so it's just really fun to have him on the podcast, and so thank you for being here today.
1: It's a real joy.
0: All right, well, we're gonna go ahead and get started, but before we get started, I did wanna mention I'm really hoarse today, and so I'm glad that he's gonna be doing most of the talking anyways. There was a basketball game last night, overtime, a lot of screaming involved, I was probably screaming at the refs a little too much and so but thankfully he gets to do the talking so I'm gonna go ahead and ask you the first question mr. Steve and that is what is your testimony
1: well I I want to share my life story Um, and if I had to if I had to give a title to it it would be uh, God's faithfulness over seven and a half decades Mm. and uh, he truly has been faithful to me Mm. all these years of my life um, I was born to uh, sweet Christian parents uh, in Clinton, Arkansas in 1947. And um, they, were, they were godly, uh, they were uh, encouraging, uh, a real blessing to me during my formative years. And uh, the Lord moved them to uh, West Memphis, or moved them to the dad to Mary, and he was working with the Soil Conservation Service there in Clinton and they moved him to uh, Marion and we moved to West Memphis in 1952 and I was just five years old or almost five. So uh, they were looking for a church immediately and began searching and God uh, led them to First Baptist Church of West Memphis, which little did I know would be the church that I attend the majority of my life. So uh, as I was there, we had good pastors over the years who loved the Lord, who preached the gospel, and who loved the people. And the first one especially, Walter Yeldell was his name. He uh, was a special influence on my life when uh, God was dealing with me. Uh, When I was about 10 years old, uh, I began having some real serious nightmares. uh, Mm -hmm. So serious that I would go into my mom and dad's room at night and tell them about it. And Hmm. I couldn't go back to sleep. And I I really had a fear of death. Uh, Hmm. um, And that lasted for probably two years. And during that time, my mom became so concerned she was going to take me somewhere to a a special doctor. But dad began sharing more truths out of God's Word. Um, I had heard a lot of these In church. Uh, Our pastor had been faithful to share the gospel and teach those truths. And um, so at at near 12 years old, my dad began uh, teaching me specifically um, gospel presentations. He used, uh, of course, John 3.16 and some of the, the Bible verses that I had already heard and memorized. But he also shared with me the Roman road, and when he did that, the Lord began bringing deep conviction mm. on my heart about how, how bad my sin was, even yeah. as a, a young boy. And so um, I was attending a youth revival not long after that, and I, I had gotten to a point where I didn't want to sit with my dad anymore because I knew <laughs> I, I was under deep conviction. Um, <laughs> And I don't know why I was feeling convicted around him, but it's because he had shared the truth with me, Mm. I guess. But I wanted to get a release from what was happening in my life. And so uh, I went forward in that that service, and uh, I truly believe that at that point in my life, God drew me into a lifelong and literally an an eternal relationship Mm. with himself. Um, there was so much that I, I didn't know at that time, uh, but God began to teach me verses like as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become sons of God or the right to become sons of God, yeah. even those who believe on his name. Yeah. And I knew that I had believed on his name, and I, I believed that uh, for sure I had received him. So um, that, I believe, is the beginning of uh, my Christian testimony, as far as uh, coming to know Christ. Um, For sure, I didn't know a lot about the Bible. (laughs) Uh, I didn't know near the scriptures that I know now, but uh, God uh, continued to teach me through the teaching of the pastors there at that church. Um, And I, I grew some during my high school years but uh, when I got to college, as a matter of fact, when I graduated to graduate from high school, I received uh, several graduation gifts, I'm sure. I don't remember any of them but one. <laughs> and the one that I did receive was a little New Testament Bible. Oh. And in that Bible, on the first page of the inside cover, um, I start <laughs> crying to think about it. But the man wrote, Matthew six thirty-three. Mm. Live by this verse. And so I looked it up, Hmm. it was seek ye first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Yeah. Well, I had come to know Christ I believe and I had grown some, but I had never really sought him and really didn't know him, what I would say for sure, intimately. Mm-hmm. But I went to college. Uh, my dad was an engineering technician and he wanted both of his sons to get degrees in engineering. And so both of us ended up going to the University of Arkansas. I was four years older than Ronnie, so I was, I was the one that went first. And the first year I got there, I, I had a roommate that was a non-Christian first semester. And uh, I moved away from him, or I moved, he moved out, actually, and they gave me another roommate who was so much worse than the first <laughs> one. And he came in drunk half the time, cursed all the time, mm. and I just had to say, Lord, why? Uh, and then, on the same floor, he, he wasn't on my wing, but he was on the same floor of a large dorm. Uh, his name was Don Roberts. And I began spending some time with Don, and my goodness, his life was so joyful, and mm. he was—he seemed to be so close to the Lord, yeah. and man, that's what I wanted. And uh, so he invited me to church, so I started going to church with him, University Baptist Church in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas. And um, boy, that was the, the, the church where oh. God really grabbed a hold of me. Wow. And stirred my heart in ways mm. that I had not been stirred before. Um, I continued to go back and I, I, I was going to a uh, student's retreat. Matter of fact, the pastor of that church was H.D. McCarty and um, I had never heard a preacher like him. Uh, he preached with such passion, such authority and um, he, he was the uh, student minister for the football team at that time. Uh, but he took us on a retreat, a church retreat and he uh, taught on the assurance of our salvation and the verses he taught on was John 10:27 to 30 and I give them eternal life they shall never perish neither shall anyone pluck them out of my hand my father who gave them me is greater than all no one is able to pluck them out of my father's hand Yeah. so, so good. I, I was convicted again but the conviction was this yes Steve you're a believer hmm. I believe that with all my heart and I have believed it Wow. ever since, but it just, well, oh, it just confirmed it so confirmed much it, yeah. in what, uh, what he taught that weekend. So, uh, I continued there in that church, the, my whole college, all my college days, but, uh, something else that was going on there that I had never heard of in the church that I was, and it was discipleship. Mm. No one even, I don't even know that I'd heard a sermon on it or yeah. even mentioned, but, uh, uh, H.D., who was the pastor there, and he called me Big Chuck because I was <laughs> tall. And my name was Steve, but there were three Steve Smiths on my uh, college dorm floor. Oh my goodness! And one of us had to change our name, so you know, oh, they no. gave me the name Chuck because my first name's Charles.
0: Oh, you shouldn't have told me that. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a,
1: our church secretary calls me Chuck all the time. Okay. Big Chuck. Well, I know, expect a response like, when I just call like you Chuck. Brother, uh, <laughs> H.D. used to call me every time. Uh, and I've gone back to him for counseling over the years, or help over the years, you'll hear. But he'd, he'd say, hey, Big Chuck, how you doing? <laughs> Every time he'd see me. And, uh, but anyway, I went into a discipleship class, and the man that discipled me was named Dr. Sam Offit. He was a professor, professor of agriculture, and I wasn't in his classes, because I was in engineering, but my major was ag- agriculture agricultural engineering.
0: Okay, and yeah. so
1: we had a real connection, yeah, a connection. from the beginning. But such a godly man. And uh, man, I just soaked it up. Yeah. Everything he taught me. And uh, the main thing he taught me was how to have a quiet time mm. and how to fall in love with Jesus.
0: Yeah, that's so good.
1: And uh, so those college years were so incredible. I didn't want to leave college. <laughs> um, I had a, I'd been working in the summers with the Soil Conservation Service, but that's where my dad was working. And they had already promised me, or told me I might get a job with them, but then they told me if I went to, I got my master's, they would assure me a job, Mm. and they would let me go back home to Marion, where, um, you know, where my family was. So, I said, I I can't turn that down, and, So I stayed in college, got my master's degree, but the main thing reason I stayed was to learn more Mm, from the teaching of that pastor and those at that church. Um, After that, the Lord did bring me back to West Memphis, and uh, I I began working with the soil conservation service there. And um, during those years, um, I, I... started going back to First Baptist Church in West Memphis. And my pastor immediately recognized there's something different about Steve. Hmm. Um, and he uh, began plugging me into ministries. Uh, we didn't have a youth pastor. They didn't even have youth pastor, pastors back in that <laughs> day. So he asked me to start working with the youth and I started doing that. And, um, and uh, that was 1972 when I graduated uh, with my master's degree in Ag Engineering. And um, during that time, uh, I began working with the youth and the student ministry. Our church was just growing incredibly. Uh, West Memphis was growing for one thing, uh, which now it's declining, but uh, it was growing. Our church was growing. Uh, we went from maybe 300 to 500 in a couple of years. We had a lot of students, and um, he asked me to, to lead that ministry. And I did, and the Lord blessed and grew that ministry. And uh, so um, in 1972, um, not long after I, uh, no, I took that back, 1974, the Lord brought Darlene Woods to uh, West Memphis, Arkansas, to teach. Aww. <laughs> and uh, just so happened that I was dating another girl at the time, and, <laughs> Um, a friend of mine said, Hey, I, you've got to meet this girl. So I said, th- I just think she's the one for you.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: and wow. I thought, oh, Mike, you're crazy. You know what you're talking about. Well, I went to actually, I went to a pageant that my girlfriend was in. She was in the Miss Lululei <laughs> pageant.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. And he
1: took me by the Kappa Kappa Gamma House, which is the sorority Darlene was in.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. And
1: I met her that day, and uh, she. Uh, Immediately, immediately after I left, she tells this story to a lot of people. She said, I went up to my room, I called my mom and told me, told her I've met the guy I'm going to marry.
0: Oh, my goodness. She had some <laughs> confidence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I
1: hadn't been convinced at that
0: point.
1: <laughs> um, oh, that's so sweet. But anyway, um, that was 1974. Um, 1975, the Lord... Um, took me out of West Memphis uh, to Walnut Ridge, Arkansas uh, 19, beginning of 1975. And they told me they were gonna start transferring me all over the country to different places uh, if I stayed with them and I, I didn't like that idea. So I immediately began looking for a different job um, because um, first of all I had, after the Lord took me out of West Memphis I realized how much I really was falling in love with Darlene Mm. and uh, so in uh, we began dating early in um, 1975 and uh, we just dated for a few months and I I became convinced real (laughs) soon I was in National Guard at that time and it was at a summer camp that uh, um, she came over during the middle weekend of the summer camp and, and I asked her to to marry me. Oh, that's so, sweet. Uh, uh, a little bit later in September of that year, uh, we got married at the church, First Baptist West Memphis. And the Lord um, brought a, she came and lived in Walnut Ridge for three months. The Lord brought us back. Um, and at the end of that year, uh, I got it. My brother was working for the Corps of Engineers, and uh, so he helped me uh, find a job over there. And I started working for them in January of 1976. We moved back to West Memphis and ended up um, buying a house. Um, uh, we moved in, in uh, on Valentine's Day of 1976, mm-hmm. and we lived there for 47 years. Wow. Um, after that, uh, my pastor kept in asking me to, I, I, I sort of got out of the youth ministry, but he kept asking me to fulfill other ministry responsibilities and a lot of meetings at night, we were building buildings, we we built a children's building, we bought two properties across the street, one for youth and one for uh, single adults. And uh, we had plans to build a family life center. And uh, as time progressed, um, this was I guess about 10 years later, it was 1984 when the Lord Began really dealing with me. I was still working for the Corps of Engineers. The Lord began speaking to my heart and uh, drawing me. It seemed into uh, to a call to ministry. Hmm. So um, I began praying about that. I went to my pastor. I talked to him about it, and he said, "Steve, I want you to I want you to read the the accounts in the Bible of the the, the great men of God that had been called to hmm. ministry." Yeah. and I want you to come back to me in a few weeks and tell me what you've learned. And I did that. Uh, uh, of course, Darlene and I were praying about this together when all this began taking place. Uh, she was sort of in shock and wasn't really on board at all in, uh, <laughs> in, in the, for at first. And she sure wasn't on board after I went back and told the pastor I felt it was God's will for me to do that. And he said, uh, well, I want to meet with you and Darlene. And so we met with him. And uh, he said, now, you know, if God calls y'all to Africa, uh, you have to go. And Darlene said, I can't go. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> so so uh, he said, well, if you can't do it, Steve, you know you can't go without her. Mm. And I said, you're right. And I won't. Yeah. <laughs> so... Anyway, the Lord con- continued leading, and uh, I responded to that call. The church, uh went, to, went before the church and responded to that call. My mm-hmm. plans were to attend Mid-America Seminary here in Memphis um, beginning in the fall. And um, it was about April, I guess, and my pastor came back to me, and he said, Steve, I want you to pray about something. I really need you to pray about this. And he said... Um, i'd like for you to pray about coming on staff as minister of family life and goodness i i was floored by that and just didn't under just uh, i didn't know what to say but anyway i said well we'll sure pray about it so darlene and i prayed about that um and the lord confirmed it for us both yeah. and we ended up doing that uh responded to that call and went on staff in July, we opened that Family Life Center in January of that year. And I began facing uh, many things obviously that I'd never faced before. Yeah. But the, the greatest challenges were to get people involved in helping me. I was the only staff member in that Family Life Center. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I had I didn't realize this at all, and I didn't even ask this question. But, the, but uh, the hours for that building were going to be 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Um, well, 6 a.m. really to 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. and then 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Mm. every day. Mm, wow! And my pastor expected me to be there the
0: whole time. Oh, wow! <laughs> And it's a long day. <laughs> I
1: expected, I uh, had been working a 40 hour week with six weeks of vacation. I was going to have a week of vacation. Yeah. And so, anyway, uh, as that progressed, uh, it, it put great stress on my family and on me. Um, I had to write all the policies and procedures for the building, I had to enlist volunteers ended up listing about 200 volunteers to help in there but it was totally volunteer there was no um, no other staff members Mm. uh, immediately and then later on uh, we got a part-time part-time intern and part-time secretary so God continued to direct and two years later uh, after I finally began to get things settled in the Family Life Center life, began to settle a little bit for me, I had some help in the, in the building. Uh, of course, my desire all along was to make it not a recreation building, but a building where families would really grow in Christ. Yeah. And that was the greatest challenge that I'd ever faced. Mm, wow. And I, I strive to teach them scripture. I put scriptures uh different places in the building encouraged them to memorize scripture uh, I put uh, Philippians 3.10 uh, on the door going out uh, that I may know him uh, just yeah. those, those words to try to get people to think about getting to know Christ Yeah, uh, and I did all that I knew how to do to try to uh, challenge people to, uh, to have a deeper walk with Christ yeah. um, it was so hard Mm, but wow. two years later my pastor decided to leave mm. and when he left there was me and one other man on staff of the church and I call these life's most challenging years mm. because my family ministry or what it was mainly recreation but it was also trying to encourage young families to have devotionals together and uh, grow in Christ together Um it changed tremendously, and I began having to do weddings, funerals, and counseling, hmm. which I had no no experience. no schooling, yeah. no experience, um, and only by God's grace did right. that ever happen. But He uh, His grace is sufficient, and yeah. His strength's perfect when we're weak. And yeah. through all those times of weakness in my life, and times of stress and trial in our family's life and the biggest struggle and the biggest heartache for me was that when God called me into the ministry my children were uh, and I didn't even tell you about God giving us <laughs> two children but uh, he gave us two children beginning a year and a half after we were married Tracy mm-hmm. and Todd and they were six and eight when God called me into the ministry mm-hmm. and we had been pouring our lives into them daily devotion or daily um, family devotions, and uh, even as, as young children. And when when my life totally changed, I couldn't do that. I mean, yeah. my time with them was so, all I had was about an hour for breakfast, an hour for, for supper, and that's all the time I had for them. So most of my, uh, those, those first couple years, and even the ensuing years, I just came and poured out my heart before God. When they were in bed, I'd come home. They were already asleep, mm, and I'd wow. just pray over them every night, pray wow. God protect them, God help them to grow, God wow. teach them about yourself. Mm. And uh, so those were such challenging times. Mm. And um, But God is faithful, yeah. and he continued to be faithful to me. I began doing funerals. I'd never done one. Um, I still remember the passage I used on the first one and I've used it n- a number of times over the years and I've done over 300 funerals since wow. then. Um, I've been done several weddings and, uh, you know, just those things just show how faithful God is mm. when we don't, when we aren't wow. able, wow. but God yeah. is able.
0: I love how you said when we are able. Wow. He is. That's yeah, so good. Absolutely.
1: So, um, continuing on as uh, as those years went by um, we had three after uh, the first couple of years and after our pastor left we had three interim pastors a year apiece and uh, there wasn't much change or difference in, in my ministry other than the weddings and the funerals because those pastors didn't come except to preach mm-hmm. and so um, but after that uh, when when we got a new pastor in 1991, he wanted me to start working in local missions, and that's began when God began to tug at my heart strings concerning um, concerning missions. Uh, I certainly didn't see the future of that, but um, I, I ended up going on my first mission trip. Wow. Uh, during that time, after he came, I went to Bermuda, which is wow. a great place to suffer for Jesus. Yeah, uh, Wonderful weather. <laughs> <laughs> but I went with my former pastor and a deacon from our church, and that was my first international mission trip. Um, so I did get that taste of missions, and during those years, uh, I, was, uh, I had the joy of going through a study called Experiencing God. By a man named Henry Blackaby, and I ended up taking a number of students one on one through that. And but it impacted my life in a great way. Uh, it helped me to see um, God's view of missions and uh, helped me to realize that what God wanted us to do was uh, look for where He was at work and be willing to join Him there. Yeah. And so um, that's what we did to initiate some of those missions projects in our community. Uh, we also started a truck stop ministry or began became, became involved in a tr- truck stop ministry. Um, truckers in West Memphis, thousands of truckers came yeah. through there and they would stop. And we got to share the gospel with a lot of those mm-hmm. over the years. Um, and also, um, one of the things the Lord laid on my heart during those years to pro- Prayer walk all the streets of West Memphis, hmm. and I began that. It took me two and a half years, maybe. Wow! But I, I walked and prayed. Uh, over wow! All the city of West Memphis.
0: That's amazing. Uh,
1: but um, it's amazing too how when you begin to do that, how Satan begins to attack uh, when you try to do God's work it raises Satan's ugly head Mm. in so so many respects and um, that's what happened in in our city Um, the city seemed to become more and more closed to the gospel in in a lot of ways later in in the 1990s or um, mid-1990s while I was on staff there um, a couple of the staff members got into a, an inappropriate relationship. And this is what I consider the most heart-wrenching and challenging part of my life in ministry. Uh, but once again, God ultimately proved himself faithful. Yeah. Um, as that was taking place, uh, the church was becoming uh, aware of it. People leaving the church in droves, and uh, I got to a point where I, I said, "Lord, uh, I just have to have to deal with this or try to try to help restore this man." And uh, so I, I asked a deacon, to, deacon chairman, to join me, and we we confronted him. And um, when we did, it just he blew up and of course denied it and um it just caused more strife and more problems and more heartache and uh, just brought me to a point of total uh, frustration not only frustration but just uh, I was going into depression in a Mm. sense Um, and my son Todd was a senior in high school at that time and he um he was awaiting graduation, but he also had a heart condition. And we were awaiting a, a, a surgery of a surgical procedure called an oblation and a, or a hippie study an oblation on his heart. His heart would start beating three or 200 beats a minute sometimes. And so uh, we were real concerned about that. We were awaiting surgery for that. During this all this time when the church was having its problems, uh, my, my mother died. Mm-hmm. and uh, uh the stress my stress level and my heartache was so deep that uh I talked to Darlene and I said Darlene I'm just I'm just going to resign and uh, cuz nothing was being done um uh, and so I resigned uh, not knowing what the future would hold after uh, after that I was certainly in depression and Uh, just basically got to where I just laid on my couch, didn't want to go anywhere, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to Mm. talk to anyone. Um, I was pity partying, having a pity party on my couch, and a godly, godly man who had really been a part of my ministry at the church, he was interim minister of music, but he had his own ministry of discipleship, and he was living totally by faith. His name's Clyde Cranford, and he came to me and, uh, He said, Brother Steve, I I didn't want to go to the door. Darlene went to the door. I didn't want to talk to him. He came in and sat down Mm -hmm. anyway. He said, Brother Steve, I want you to do one thing for me. I said, What's that, Clyde? He said, I want you to memorize two verses. and I want you to just memorize them and try to meditate on them for the next few weeks. Mm Well, the two verses were Psalm 73, 25, and 26. Whom do I have in heaven but you? Mm. There's mm. none on this earth I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart mm. are failing, mm. but God, you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Amen. And I'm telling you, when I memorize those verses, and uh, you're talking about God working through Scripture memory. Yeah. Uh, that was a perfect, perfect indication because God d- delivered me. Yeah, uh, He delivered me from depression. I still didn't know what the future held, so I went up to. I went to my Bethel, I guess you could say. I went back up to my college, uh, church, met with my college pastor again, and he greeted me in the same way. Hey, big Chuck, how's it going? <laughs> of course, so I was down and uh, not, you know, not knowing what to say. But he just cheered me up, and he said, Brother, God's going to provide. Hmm. And uh, I went to visit my uncle, that pastor in central Arkansas, and he told me basically the same thing. So I went back to West Memphis, and it wasn't, I don't know when it was. Uh, I resigned in January. It was probably mid-March uh, of that year, and a church asked me to pray about coming back and uh I didn't know if that was best or not. I didn't know whether to do that or not. I uh, asked counsel of these same men again and uh ended up uh, of course darling uh, all I was deciding together to do that and um so I went back on staff at the same church. God brought us a new pastor soon after that not I'd say soon after the next year it was another year without a pastor but in, in ninety um, Eight, uh, we had a new pastor, and uh, that was the beginning of what I would say are God's faithfulness during the grand years of my life. <laughs> yeah. And I say that because they were grand. When uh, I'm sitting over here close, uh, she was the second born. Oh. The first born was in two thousand and one. And in, in that year, God allowed me go, to go <laughs> on my first uh, far-off mission trip. Uh, boy, also during that time, I led uh, five teams to um, New York City, to uh, New Mexico, to New Orleans, to Nebraska, uh, to Chicago on Local or to U.S. mission trips, and so those were just such such joy God gave me after <laughs> after all the heartache and once again proof of His faithfulness uh, during the ups and downs of my life. Yeah. One interesting thing that I have to tell, and this, uh, before I went to the first uh, first mission trip to Wagadugu, uh, it was we went over to. The Thomas household and Jordan uh, wanted to show us the map where Papa was going. So he brought Caitlin and Taylor up to the map and showed me, showed us where I was going. He said, Papa's going to Ouagadougou, Burkina Faso.
0: <laughs> That's quite a mouthful. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, uh, and we talked a little while and then Caitlin, as she does, she likes to speak, you know. She said, Papa, I'm going to water doo
0: <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So my
1: mission began I can't believe I'm not by going go to Watadu-Doo. So <laughs> <laughs> but it was the joyful beginning of, uh, God, oh, what, seven wonderful years of missions. God continued to give me more grandchildren, which made it incredibly grand and more incredibly Aww. grand and more incredibly grand with six total and um, the Lord led me to leave, well, not really leave the ministry, but to retire um, in 2017. Uh, Our last uh, World Changers project was 2014, and I told you about that earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, And my retirement years have just been so sweet and so special, spending time with family, grandkids, I started a new business after retirement, um, an Uber business, and it was the most interesting Uber business in the world. (laughs) I was the Uber driver for all the grandkids wherever they went before they learned
0: to drive. I love that. Oh, my goodness. And that is so true, though. I mean, all the writing with – I mean, I got to be in on that that a few times, too, just writing to basketball games. It was just – So great.
1: Yeah, what a blessing. And uh, to get to spend that kind of time with the grandkids, hopefully being a little bit of spiritual encouragement to them. Oh, I know, a lot uh, of
0: spiritual encouragement, not just a little. And then,
1: um, you know, in in these last couple of years, God's given me a a new opportunity to minister, Hmm. uh, which I never thought I would do. Uh, but it's also with the grandkids. Uh, Darlene and I started studying uh, New Morning Mercies. Actually, she studied it a year before I did, and she introduced me to the book. Uh, it's a daily spiritual walk or spiritual yeah. encouragement uh, booklet book that uh, has for every day of the year. And after I went through it, I said, "Wow, I, I was really encouraged by it too." And so. Um, I said, how can I really encourage my family to do this? So we bought that book for all of our grandkids and yeah. kids, everyone for Christmas two years Aww. ago. And uh, God is good. God is faithful. And I want to conclude with these words, uh, this word, this scripture. Second Timothy uh, 2.13, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, hmm. and He I has remained that. faithful even when I have been faithless. I love that. And uh, just such an awesome. God.
0: That's so good, you know. So I usually, um, I usually ask people when I have them on the podcast. I ask them what the legacy or theme of their life would be. But when I saw your notes when you texted to me, you know, I don't even have to ask that question. The faithfulness of God is literally. Um, written all over your life um, from start to finish and it's just so good Um, and you know I wrote down the only acceptable response I can think of to the faithfulness of God is just to praise Him and so I just hope that we can do that in a way that honors Him today so I'm just praising the Lord for the faithfulness of God in your life Um, some of the things I just jotted down um, during your testimony I won't explain them too much I'm just gonna read them off um, while you're talking, I loved how you started off, the faithfulness of God for over seven and a half decades. I just thought that was really simple but powerful. Um, and then I just, I, I thought about how you, you talked about that verse, Matthew six thirty three that was written on the Bible. And really all of this starts with, you know, all, all of your story starts with falling in love with Jesus and seeking Him first in everything. And I, I really want to take that. I want to take that Just fall in love with Him and seek Him in everything. It's not complicated, you know. That's right. Um, it may not always be easy, which I'll talk about later. But it's it's not complicated. We just need to trust him and do those things. Um, the other thing I was gonna say was you rec- you received a lot of calls in your life, even when you felt like you couldn't, like you said, you felt like you weren't able, but God was able. Uh, <clears> right. And then I loved how you said. And then I just was thinking about this and how you're saying just different parts of the ministry where you kept saying this was really hard, but you did it anyways, and you're like, well, this was really hard trying to plug in all these families and different things like that but and as I just thought about like the work of the ministry can be hard but it is just so joy-filled like all you're all you were talking about was a smile on your face about it just being a joy-filled and a joy-filled time and worth it so I just wrote down the work of the ministry can be hard but it is joy-filled and worth it um and the last thing I jotted down just from you speaking was before every decision Every single decision that you talked about that you and Miss Darlene had to talk about, you prayed to God before you did anything. And I loved how just the wisdom in that. You didn't just jump at the pastor's opportunity for you to, you know, lead this group. You went and prayed about that. And I just think there's so much wisdom. You weren't, like you said, you didn't even think you were able, but you were just going to trust in God. And I just think that is so powerful. Um, other things that I had, um, this that was just what I jot down, jot, um, wrote down from... When you're talking just now but when i was preparing for this i was like i was saying it it can look easy to to go back over the big picture of your perspective of your life and see oh yeah god was faithful there god was faith there. then when i went on the mission trip and god was faithful there but when you're right in the middle of it it's really 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 hard um, because you're living those details and you're walking through the valleys and the path does not see, like the path seems dim like you were talking about when you were in that depression you just feel like you couldn't see what to do or what you're doing Um, but and you know that's when it's hard for us to see the faithfulness of God we're like where are you at what are you doing I don't even know how I got here and I've definitely felt those times like how did I even end up here what am I doing you know and um, what I wrote down was trust and obey and it's not a list of, quote unquote, hundred things you have to do to see the faithfulness of God. Right. It's to trust and obey. Right. And like I said, that's really simple, but that can be really, really hard. But even in that hardness, right where you are, just trust and obey Him. And um, that just reminded me of a verse from James 5.11. And whenever I'm in a hard time where it seems like it's hard to see God's faithfulness, I want to remember this verse. And it says, Behold... We consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. And then I I did just want to leave you all with one last verse, too. Before we ended it, um, sometimes when I'm doing these, I can, doing these podcast episodes and recording and asking different people to share their testimony, even if it's not on the podcast, just asking people to share it with me. I think, like, you know, why am I doing this? Is this actually important, like, why do we need to hear these testimonies, you know? And um, I was recently reminded of this, of this verse that just confirmed the, the importance of hearing testimonies. And it's um, two verses out of Psalm 107, verses 1 and 2. And it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I just love thinking about that. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let them say so. And I just love that. And I really... It just, it just um, confirms to me that we need to hear about the faithfulness of God because maybe sometimes when we're in the part of the struggle, like I said, where we can't see, where you remind us, like, hey, God has a plan. God's going to provide like that pastor told you and cheered you up. We need that same kind of cheering. So I just love that and can't think of a better way to – end in that verse, but is there anything else you would like to say in closing, uh, I
1: would like to say so.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. Uh,
1: one more verse that I can't believe I left out, but it's the verse, one of the verses that have driven my life since college. First mm-hmm. um, Corinthians 1, 9, God is faithful mm-hmm. by whom he is called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Yeah. And that's what has driven my life. You yeah. know, all those times, and I didn't even mention this, but all those times, whether it good or bad, high or low, I, I was, I tried to spend time with the Lord regularly every day, uh, even when I didn't feel like I had time for it. And that's, I want to encourage people to do that.
0: Mm, yeah. Uh,
1: even when you don't feel like
0: it. Even when you don't feel like it. Yeah. That's so good. Go yeah, because that's what we're going to see. It's we're going to see his faithfulness. It's going to be displayed right. in his word, and then it's going to be right. lived out in us. So, yeah, yeah, thank you for encouraging us in that. And, yeah, like he said, let's let's say so. If you have seen of the goodness of the Lord, if you have felt his mercy, if you have felt his faithfulness, say so. It doesn't have to be crammed on somebody's throat. You can just say it to the Lord. Um, but I think there's a lot of power in that, and I just I wanted to end on that, and I just wanted to say thank you so much, Mr. Steve, for, for talking about the faithfulness of God and just – Um, just the wisdom and the lessons that you learned that I hope to apply to my life. And I just appreciate you being here and thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening to today's story. In season two, our goal is to tell 10 stories of life change. My challenge for you is to take these lessons and share it with someone who needs the good hope that is only found in our savior. To connect with us further, you can find us on Instagram at On My Heart Podcast. I am so happy to hear from each of you. As always, I hope and pray that this is a blessing to all of us and glorifies our great God.